Hey y'all, this is Shanice with the Woman at the Well podcast. This week, I will be talking about um, the process of my fifth pregnancy. Um, If you've been tuning in, last week I talked about um, my miscarriage, my my husband and I miscarriage journey. And um, we've had four miscarriages. Um, I also talked, gave a little history about myself. Before we got married, I had already had four children, so I kind of knew I could get pregnant uh, because I've had children before. But my husband, he didn't have any children. So once we got married, we um, we had already talked about prior to getting married that after we got married, we would try to have children together. And so I knew that it was an expectation. And so shortly after I we got married, um, I had gotten pregnant. Um, not once, not twice, <laughs> not three times, not four times, but five times. But of those five times four of those pregnancies that I had with my present husband um I had miscarriages and so last week I talked about those miscarriages with those four um pregnancies so this time this is my husband and my now husband him and our fifth pregnancy that I'm talking about and I've already have four children alive children so I had four children that I've given birth to then I had four miscarriages and then now I'm pregnant again with another child so that actually makes nine pregnancies but this is my fifth child will be so there I was preparing for my book sounding event and and the whole doing the Christian life thing um and I was all over the place um I needed to tell my children about my pregnancy and the rest of my family but I was still kind of in shock and this is the beginning of uh uh 2019 when when I found out that I was pregnant with my now fifth child and um so my husband and I, we just decided just to tell the kids, you know, just to tell our children, you know, about it. We weren't going to tell anybody else. We just telling the kids, you know. But um, when I tell y'all that I was in shock and awe, I mean, just that um, <laughs> to this day, I'm still telling God I am in complete awe of him because I know I keep talking about my failed miscarriages because it's key for me in my growth and in my relationship with Christ because although those pregnancies were not viable or they I ended up miscarrying those kids those children I learned a lot during those times so much I wouldn't it was painful, but I wouldn't trade that pain for anything. 
um, this fifth time with me being pregnant with my now husband, Ronnie, um, my first trimester uh, opened my eyes to a whole new way of viewing the Lord. And it gave me a wider perspective of his love for me. Um, I realized that those four miscarriages actually prepared me for that fifth viable pregnancy for the one that would be the one. Um, That pregnancy, uh, (laughs) I know, here it is, 2022, and I'm still talking about a pregnancy that I had in 2019 because it was so shocking all to me because... Honestly, I thought that it was going to never happen. I I know that I prayed and I said, Lord, I want to be able to give my husband a child. But I do know that just because we pray and ask the Lord for something doesn't mean that it's going to automatically come true. Because we have to have a... Um, we have to have this relationship with Christ that we know that even if he don't answer our prayers doesn't mean that he's not God and that he can't do it. He have his reasons for not doing something and doing something. We just are hopeful and we just have faith that that's something that he's going to do, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to happen. Um, that's why I come. I know a lot of people. They say they don't want to believe in God and trust in Him, but because that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen, it's going to come to pass. But there are a lot of variables when it comes to having a relationship with Christ. We have to understand that He's sovereign and He can do anything that He wants to do, and or He can not do what He don't want to do. Is we have to accept the whole package we can't just want to serve God because of things that he's able to give us so that was the sidebar (laughs) um so that this that pregnancy (laughs) that I had um I had extreme highs and lows you know on one hand I was excited about what God was doing through me and then the other hand, I was so drained from being pregnant and constantly turned down strongholds in my mind. <laughs> See, uh, I really thought that I'd never be pregnant again. So literally every other day it was a fight. You know, the enemy was reminding me of those four miscarriages that I had pre- that I had previously. And I was trying to convince myself that it was not going to happen again. You know, <laughs> during this, my last pregnancy, you know, in the back of my mind, the enemy was keep, kept trying to tell me that sooner or later that pregnancy was going to end in miscarriage. You know, and so I had to constantly tell the devil he was a lie. I had to constantly tear down those strongholds that was trying to form and tell me that I wasn't going to have a good pregnancy. Although it could have happened, but I was being 
positive. I was trying to have uh, be more optimistic about the situation this time for the fifth time. <laughs> I was like, okay, Lord, you take me through this uh, a fifth time. Now what is going on? So, you know, I, I decided to combat those thoughts with affirmations and thankfulness. You know, I started thinking about the things I wanted the Lord to do in my life. And I started to thank him for it in advance. I, I just developed a whole new attitude about my situation. You know, the Bible says in Habakkuk 2, two through 3, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and engrave it plainly on the tablet so that the one who reads it will run for the vision is yet for the appointed future time it hurries toward the goal it will not fail even though it delays wait patiently for it because it will surely come it will not delay so I wrote that in my journal I wrote it on my mirrors, all over the house. I wrote it on a dry erase board. I even put sticky notes on a refrigerator. I had become a David, so to speak. I was encouraging myself in the Lord. I mean, that was the only way I was going to make it through that, remembering what God said about me and my life. I had to remind myself that I was worthy and that my past was just that, my past. I began, I'm telling y'all, this this is some stuff I had to do during my first trimester with this kid because you have to remember, if you listen to um, last week's podcast, I never got past my first trimester. So this first trimester was the hardest one by far. And so I began to use the word on my situation. I'm just telling y'all what I did. I mean, I had to, you know, there was no other way. I had already had four miscarriages. So, Philippians 1 6, I am convinced and confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in me will perfect and complete it until the day of Jesus Christ, until the time of his return. I mean, his word was obligated at that point to to fulfill the word. You know, the Lord himself, once I spoke his word out, that's what it had to be fulfilled. God's word gives us tools to live out our lives. We just have to believe them to be true for us as believers and stand firm on it. Regardless is if it comes true or not. We will believe what the enemy says about us, but we can't trust what God's words say. Because the devil tells us stuff all of the time and we believe lies. It says, <laughs> we do. It says in John 10, 10, that the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. And he said that he came that they may have we may have life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. I knew about these scriptures. <laughs> I did, you know, <laughs> but then um it had gotten real ugly and it had come to a pivotal pivotal moment in my life. I'm telling y'all. It was it was at a time that 
had to stop being a passive Christian and I needed to be bold. When somebody is out to steal, kill, and destroy, they don't care how they leave you. They don't. So, you know, they, they're they on the prowl and passiveness is not an option. You know, it says that's what the devil is. He on the prowl seeking whom he may devour. And I didn't have time to be a passive Christian. All I had time to be is bold and brave because I was protecting my child from the enemy. And after all, we are soldiers. We are. And so my first trimester taught me and reminded me that I needed to put on the whole armor of God. That's what my first trimester did. It, it, It helped me in it. And it told me, look, Shanice, you got some stuff to do um, to prepare yourself for your next trimester. So you need to get this right right now. So guess what? I made it past my first trimester (laughs) successfully. Now, here come number two. I'm still working. Because by that time, I had went back to work, you know. So I was working when I found out I was pregnant with this fifth child um so I made it to my second trimester and um but what I failed to mention before is that I did see a doctor that um specialized in high-risk pregnancies um um, all of my miscarriages too but I started seeing this particular doctor with my second maybe third um, miscarriage and so he saw me doing my third miscarriage my fourth miscarriage and then he saw me through this fifth pregnancy so I was being closely monitored at all times I will say so um, in about 16 weeks I began to see my doctor every other week and he suggested that I start taking a progesterone shot. And now, he he suggested that I start taking it every week until I delivered beginning that, that following week. So, that shot is supposed to help prevent preterm delivery. To help me from having a premature baby because... What I didn't disclose because I was talking about my miscarriages um, is that my second, third, and fourth live pregnancies were all premature babies. So I carried my first child full term. My second child was premature. My third child was premature. My fourth child was premature. And so, then I had four miscarriages and now I'm pregnant again with my fifth child. So, um, it had been, it had started to become important for me to comply with the doctor's orders because of my previous preterm babies and my four miscarriages. I was like, you know, I need to be careful. Yeah, my body has been through a lot. So, 
Um, I was comfortable with this decision because I had used this drug before with my fourth pregnancy. Although I still had a preterm birth, I um, it helped still in that process. Um, with that being said, um, if you um, have had problems with uh, preterm labor, you might want to consider using progesterone. Um, there are some possible side effects you may need to consider beforehand. Um, be sure to discuss that with your doctor. Um, that that may be something. Um, if you're uh, had any problems with preterm birth, because I did. Uh, it was in my my history. So, okay, so. <laughs> I had started to have problems wanting to get up in the mornings and go to work, you see, you know. Um, at that time, my work schedule, I went in from 6 o'clock in the morning to 2.30, Monday through Thursday. And then on Fridays, I worked from 4 in the morning to 12.30 in the afternoon. Talk about a struggle. That's a struggle for a pregnant woman, you know. <laughs> and not to mention, I wasn't a spring chicken anymore either. So it wasn't like I was young and vibrant, you know. At this time, I was in my late 40s. So, you know, hey, although it was my second trimester, I was still feeling sick. I felt sick for so long. I couldn't eat good meals and I was super moody. Hear me? Okay, so I was still committed to being a good wife, mother, and employee, and being pregnant, you know. Hey, I was thinking, Lord, what in the world are you doing? <laughs> Although I had asked for this, I was still saying, oh, Lord, what's going on? You know, I have to do all of this, get up, go to work like this. And I have to get this weekly shot. And, okay, I didn't mention that the, the progesterone shot goes in your butt. And so, I was just like, oh my goodness, Lord. But, you know what? I was still hear a small, still voice in the back of my mind saying, you got this, girl. You got this. But I would say out loud, you know, people like, oh, why did she talk about I would say, no, I don't. <laughs> but... <laughs> Excuse me. Apparently, I had it, but I kept hearing that voice. So, you know, eventually I started believing the voice and thinking this going to happen. So, needless to say, at my 20-week appointment, this was around June, mid-June of 2019, the doctor discovered that my cervix had begun to shorten. So, um, we discussed the possibilities surrounding that and um, decided on surgery the following day. And what I had was a cervical cerclage performed. Now, first and foremost, I was shocked that they would even dose up a pregnant woman, you know, like medicate her like that to, 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 to perform surgery. I'm like, really? They do this kind of stuff. <laughs> and then, <laughs> yes. So, secondly, I wanted to have the most successful pregnancy that I could have at this point, you know. So, you know what happened? I went on with the sur- surgery. But that came with many prices. 
first one was no work. My doctor didn't want me to go back to work. So when I went to that appointment June in June, I he gave me a letter to send to my doc- to, to my um, supervisor and said I wasn't coming back to work. So um, no work. So that brings me to number two. I would have to depend on my loved ones <laughs> to help fill up the gaps. You know, I would need help physically. You know, I mean, for me, this was the ultimate test. Because um, when I'm down, who who's going to be there for me? Because I'm always there. I'm that person. I'm, I'm helping people. I like to serve. I like to make sure everybody's okay and things like that. You know, it's one thing when a person doesn't know, you know, I get that you're you're in the clear, but it's entirely different when you know a person has a need and you put it off on the next person. I don't like that. So, um, my spouse and my kids, my husband and my kids, they they uh, they helped out a lot. But it was weird depending on them to do stuff for me because I was so used to doing things for them, you know. And then I became so lonely because everybody was gone. And so I was at home um, pretty much with myself (laughs) and my, at that time, my youngest Samuel with him, um, but he didn't want to keep me much company, although he ended up being more than enough company. Um, I was so lonely during my second trimester. I didn't know what to do. Um, but I was reminded of who I should allow in the front row of my life and who needed to be placed in the balcony. I learned where to place things that ma- that mattered the most, what was priority and what wasn't. I learned that there are so many things that they were so many things and people distracted me that I had lost focus of the most important things. Faith, family, and fun. I can't even begin to tell you how much my eyes have been opened during this during that last pregnancy just so much that second trimester you know like people always say you know like before you actually you know when they think you might need them they be like oh if you need something you know I'm here just call me or whatever but then when you actually need them it's a whole different story you know so I went on with the cervical saclage and um you know, I said I wasn't working. I was depending on other other people to help me around the house, the grocery shop, cook, etc. We that's when we started doing pickups, and we ate out a whole lot because I wasn't cooking. It was a hot mess. <laughs> but things, but the things that I learned about others was most important. And then I learned a lot about myself because I was with myself a lot. <laughs> um. And I also learned about the Lord, you know. What I learned about the power of the Lord was even more exciting, you know. Um, see, I began this post to write about how people made me 
so mad because I expected more from them during that time. But deep down in my spirit, I heard, Shanice, you have so much more to be grateful than to complain to your to the people, you know. So we never went without anything when I was um, on bed rest. We ate. We ate out a lot. Like I said, you know, I felt bad because I couldn't cook like I wanted. Uh, I couldn't be there for my husband uh, sexually because I was on bed rest. And uh, yes, people people pregnant still have sex and they can. <laughs> that was another sacrifice in connection with the procedure. No arousals allowed. None. It, my, that area could not be stimulated at all. You know, all I got was a pick on the lips every day, as usual, but nothing else. You know, while I was pregnant, um, my husband did reassure me every step of the way. Though he constantly told me that he understood um, that I couldn't be in the kitchen and do things that I did before. You know, he told me that. You know, he reassured me. He told me, you know. This will be over soon, you know, that I needed to chill out and stay calm. Okay, okay, you know, this is his first kid, so he's just trying to make sure that I'm comfortable and calm and reassuring me, you know. But to me, this was serious stuff, you know. 46 and pregnant, that's a move. 46 and pregnant, and I had a kid that was doing online school at the time. Um, that's a mood. <laughs> 46 and pregnant, online schooling, online grocery shopping, pick up and go and pick up and to go dinner meals. That's a mood. Uh, unofficial social distancing. That was a mood all the way until I gave birth. It was a mood. It was a mood. It was a mood. <laughs> I'm telling you, it seems like that, you know, I stayed in the mood for so long, you know. Um, it's just, it, it it was just craziness. Um, but I wanted to make this podcast, if you're still listening, <laughs> this is, <coughs> this is funny because, um, I just want to let people know if we just press on the Lord will see our diligence and answer our prayers. I truly believe that. Now I do believe that some things he may he may not he may not answer. We might go to him in prayer and beg him for it and plead him for it for whatever reason and he just don't answer it. But it don't make him not be God. And we just have to accept that and keep it moving. But if we just petition the Lord, have faith and believe what his words say, no matter what our situation looks like. Because I had so many people telling me because of, first of all, my previous premature births they was telling me why you want why are you trying to get pregnant again and i'm just like first of all this none of your business this between me and my husband and the lord but people just they just say whatever they want to say just trying to be 
I don't know. I guess try to be in charge of other people's lives and get them unsolicited advice. Um, people are quick to say, if it were me. If if it were me. And I, I'm in my mind, I'm always saying, well, it ain't you. But, um, yes, first people was telling me about my, my premature births. You know, my other three of my four kids that I had, from my, they were premature. So people were saying, why you want to keep having babies and putting them in this situation and all. I'm telling you, none of my kids, you can tell that they were premature. And the one that was the most premature... It was Sam, it's my baby, Samuel, and he is by far the smartest, the brightest kid that I have. We all asked him questions, look, it looked to him, and um, he may be just a tad bit small in stature, but his knowledge and his wisdom makes up for that. And I'm not just saying that because he's my child, but if anybody didn't know that he was premature. 29 weeks then I'm just saying that's what God can do um so people was telling me that and then people were saying this about my age talking about aren't you just too old to be keep trying to have kids and I was just back again too that's none of your business it's between me my husband and the Lord but um my husband told me that he never gave up on us having a child although we had four pregnancies that was a miscarriage um he said babe I I always believe that God will give us a kid when he was ready we just have to be patient but he also told me when I was going through those times my husband he said, babe, if if this is too much for you, then you don't have to try. You don't have to continue to try anymore because I'm not the one going through it. So if you feel like there's something that you can't do, then we don't have to do it. But I knew that it was something that he wanted. And, you know, being a wife and <laughs> a good wife, I wanted to be able to give my husband what he wanted. Um because I love him. <laughs> and um, he's good to me, um, too. He's a great husband. He's a wonderful husband. Um, with that being said, I enjoyed uh, talking with you guys today. Um, hopefully, you enjoyed the the pictures that I have on screen uh on the YouTube version of my podcast, I have pictures of me and my husband um, at our baby shower when I was pregnant. And then I have some pictures of Joshua um, as a baby up until now. He's two now. So um, he's still a blessing. I still look at him. And I hug him and I kiss him and I say, thank you, Lord. And I tell him I love him because he's truly a blessing for us. He really is. Um, I enjoyed talking with you today. Um, We do have our virtual miscarriage support group going on um, next month. It starts April the 7th at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, 
You can still sign up to be a part of that virtual support group at www.shaniecepbrown.com if you haven't already. Also, if you want to support this podcast, you can also go to www.shaniecepbrown.com and click on the link that says says support Shanice P. Brown now or you can just have a great day I'm not forcing you to do anything I'm glad that you're listening and um, I will talk to you next week have a great day